Hello, everybody. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lombardo. Thank you so much for tuning in with me here today. You can go to our website, www.lifepouredoutintl.org to find out more about our ministry, my wife and I, uh, Selena Lombardo. And you could also, um, there's tons of content on there for you guys to glean from interviews, teachings. You could access my book, Immersed in His Glory, so you can um, learn from it and glean from it. And so you can go to the website and there's a lot of stuff there for you to, um, resources for you to glean from. And so, um, no further ado, I really, on this, this episode here today, I want to, I want to dive into it. I want to honor my guest time. And so I'm going to introduce Randy Clark. He is the founder of Global Awakening. Um, it is a teaching, healing, and impartation ministry that crosses denominational lines He is an in-demand international speaker, and he is the leader of the Apostolic Network of Global Awakening. He travels extensively um, doing conferences, leadership training, um, humanitarian aid all around the world. He's written several books. If you go online, Amazon.com, look up Randy Clark, resources upon resources that are available to you at your fingertips about healing, impartation, the gifts of the spirit, the miraculous, etc. And so this man's life has impacted my walk with the Lord in big ways, and so it's an honor to have him on. Thank you, Randy, for joining me today on the broadcast. Oh, you're welcome, Michael. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, it was your book, actually, that I got hold of about seven or eight years ago, Lighting Fires, that um, was yeah. instrumental for me, just hearing your story, because I met my wife in Mozambique, Africa, and we had no money, and God provided for us step by step, and the Lord asked us to do some big, you know, faith steps in our life, having a baby and then a baby on the way. And it was a critical season of my life. And I got this book, Lighting Fires in My Hands, and God used it in big ways to really inspire me and fill me with faith to step into the next season of my life. And so it was huge. That's great. I'm glad to hear it. (laughs) Absolutely. And so a lot of my guests that have been on the show with me, George and Winnie Banoff, I've had, um, you know, Apostles John and Carol Arnott, you know, are not on the show with me. Um, Heidi Baker, I've, I've traveled a lot with her and gleaned a lot from the Johnsons. And I know I've heard tons and tons of stories. And every time I speak with them, they're sharing with me about the Toronto revival, the Toronto outpouring that took place. And I know besides, you know, these these names here, countless thousands have been touched and empowered by that outpouring. And before we get into some stories from your book, um, stories of divine healing. I'd love for you to share because I know so many people have been ministered to, and I know that the effects of this revival are still to this day impacting lives all over the world. I was just, you know, before we get into anything else, I would just love to know how did that revival and that outpouring really impact you, and what was, what do you think were the biggest impacts of that of that revival in Toronto? Well, I could mention just two or three things. Number one, I had only had one invitation to go anywhere and preach prior to that in my life and uh, um, or since I graduated from school. And afterwards, I've never been able to take all the invitations I've received for the last, since 94. Uh, Secondly, I never wanted to go to anywhere outside the United States, had no desire to go to any nations. And then after Toronto, there's just just hunger in my heart for the nations. Um, It gave me a gift of faith. It uh, um, just catapulted me into the next thing that God was doing. And part of it was that God had spoken to me there in the first days, the first two months uh, that I was there. Um, that I was the, uh, a firelighter, a vision caster, and a bridge builder. And uh, right now in the last uh, three or four years, uh, things that I'm very excited about is God used me to 
as I just talked to somebody a while ago, probably have more influence on the Catholic Church in America than any other Protestant. Yeah, wow. Um, and, and so it's the Catholic Church in North America. It's the Brazil, the nation of Brazil, probably the most impact of any other person outside of Brazil on the nation. Uh, the sin that was just happened, a third of the people that spoke had been touched in one of my meetings, and they had themselves been filled, uh, wow. usually for the first time, mm-hmm. or the most powerful time of their life. Uh, in those meetings, um, and then in uh, and, and right now we're having the biggest impact upon the traditional Baptist Church in Brazil, the host church for our VOA Voice of the Apostle in Brazil. This October will be the twenty thousand average attendance um, um, Baptist Church in the city of uh, San, uh, San, uh, San Jose dos Campos. Absolutely, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in in Holland, we have had uh, been invited by a denomination that's been Reformed or Calvinist and have been cessationist their whole history. Mm-hmm. And they wanted me to come in and by the president and vice president of the denomination and meet with all their pastors and do a conference on healing. So we're, that's Catholic Church, the Baptist Church, Reformed Church. Um, God's opened the door for me to be a, a vision caster and a bridge builder many different denominations. Of course, most of the work I do is, is among uh, charismatic or Pentecostal groups, but God, in the last few years, just really been opening up uh, a lot of other groups to us. Yeah, and the Lord is just awakening the hearts of His people all over the world, regardless of background, you know, uh, religious background. Um, I just love that, how there's, you know, the, the unity is coming to the body of Christ like never before, and people that love the Lord truly and honestly are seeking Him and experiencing Him in deeper ways, and the Lord is raising up people like you and all over the world that really recognize that and facilitate that and are bridge builders, and so that is, that's absolutely incredible. I think one thing that really ministered to me also about your, you know, in your stories and in your books is the fact that when revival broke out, there was a lot of sacrifice involved, you know, in terms of family and how much you were on the road and kind of learning how to balance that over the years, especially as a young man in ministry, married and having two kids, uh, maybe four. some more kids on the way in the future, but totally sold out for God's call. Love for you. I'm sure people are listening too that have that same desire. I know you talk a lot about that. I would just love some encouragement or input there. Yeah, there was a sacrifice made for the family. I'd only been gone with my wife six nights in the first 19 years of marriage when Toronto happened. I had four kids at the time, 12, 8, 3, and 1. And it was really a sacrifice they had to pay for. I was gone 180 days a year while first, <coughs> excuse me, while the first eight years I traveled 180 days and still remained the senior pastor of the church that my wife and I had planted. Mm. So it was a lot. Um, when we eight years later um, came uh, here uh, to Pennsylvania. I didn't uh, continue pastoring and just worked on, um, you know, giving my whole life just to traveling around the world and doing what we're doing. And then after all the kids left for five years, I went from like 263 days a year down to uh, 212 being the least in those five years. And uh, now uh, I'm still traveling a lot. I'm 68 years old and, Still traveling. I think it was 141 days last year. It's supposed to be 130 days this year. 120 the next year, and I'm going to try to get down at 70 to about somewhere 100 days. One son says that 
100 days max, and another son says, Dad, when you're 70, 70 days max. Now, <laughs> I'm just talking about the days I'm actually out sure. ministering. Uh-huh. That yeah. doesn't include the days of reading, study, praying, and all the other time, you know, that's in preparation to, for when I do go out. That, that's, that's just actual ministry. Days. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so absolutely. So there's been sacrifice, uh-huh. but there's also been, there's also been reward. Great reward, and in this life, but also in the one to come. One hundred percent, the Lord He sees all of our sacrifices, and He rewards us here and when we see Him face to face. And so, that's absolutely beautiful. I love a huge thrust and a huge, uh, you know, bent in your ministry. As you guys are big on sharing stories, you're very scriptural, very biblical. I've read your books on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and your foundation biblically, uh, biblically is is incredible. You're you're a theologian. You have. You know, you get deep into the word of God, but coupled with that as well is sharing the supernatural testimonies of what's taking, you know, taking place through Toronto, but also what you're seeing every single day still through Global Awakening and the, and then the Apostolic Network and your travels. And you've written a book that was released with Destiny Image called Stories of Divine Healing and very encouraging book. It's it imparts faith to everyone who would who would read it. But I, I pulled a quote from it that I really loved. And, and you say this in the book. Prophecy is an invitation for repetition because what God has done, he will do again. This is why I believe we need to build a culture that understands the power of testimony. I'd love for you to just bring, bring some, you know, shed some light even more on that. You know, whatever Bill and I were talking, Bill Johnson and I were talking one day and we discovered whatever we talk about in the meeting, we see that happen in the meeting. And we begin to realize that there is a core, a core relationship between what you talk about, the stories you use, and then faith for that happening in that meeting. So, um, so it was Bill who has a, uh, he and I both have different testimonies uh, or sermons on the power of the testimony. And how often, the, even like I'll show a video and, and tell people what you see on here, if you've got it, you can be healed of it because it's an invitation for repetition. It's based on uh, Revelation 19.10 for the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. And one of the aspects of prophecy is there's, uh, uh, that it speaks faith to build faith for repetition. Yeah, absolutely. And I, when I first got saved, I was introduced to that. And I thank God for my pastor in New Jersey who went to be with the Lord a couple of years ago, Pastor David T. Damola. He was a word of faith guy, and he was always preaching healing and operating in the gifts of the Spirit. And we always knew when he felt impressed that God was going to be doing something miraculous in the in the church services because he would start teaching on all the all the all the stories in the Bible about healing and about you know just building people's faith in the Word of God, just going through the Word about healing and the different stories about Jesus healed the sick and raised the dead. And then he would share all these testimonies of different things that have taken place over the years. And he was just building and building and declaring and just releasing faith in the atmosphere and there'd be such a breakout of the of the presence of God and the power of God and he you know he's he was in ministry for almost 60 years you know and so he knew how to walk with the Lord and I'm grateful that I was able to learn from him for many years in the beginning and had so many stories of God just doing miraculous things and I just love even in your book how you share um how you share about cancer being healed cuz so many people have cancer, all the different things, all the different testimonies of different ailments and everything being healed. And I know that you also speak about, I, I read through the first chapter, I was just I was just absorbing it, and it was, you talk about a woman named Terry who had an inoperable brain tumor. 
I would love to I would love to hear this testimony because I just feel like there's people out there and I know many people in my life, family, friends, etc., that have had cancer, that have gone through it, and some have died because of it. And it's such a demonic thing. And I just know the Lord wants to release healing. Who knows? Maybe someone listening to this right now has cancer. And so I'd love to hear the story that 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 comes from your book, Stories of Divine Healing. Yeah, this was an interesting one because it it highlighted the grace of God and uh it it, it and it actually highlighted that he could heal even when the person doesn't have any faith. Yeah. Um, so I met her, and she was 25. She had two children. She had never been married. Um, she had been living with a guy. He moved out, stole her car, uh, emptied her bank account. And she, at the same time, had just found out that she had an inoperable brain tumor size of a baseball in the, in the bottom left back part of their skull mm-hmm. in the brain. And it had metastasized to her breast and to uh, most of the organs in the abdominal cavity. And uh, it was hopeless and it only had a few weeks to live. Um, and <clears throat> I uh, prayed for her and she had never her been prayed for. And I'm trying to make this shorter. But anyway, I prayed for, long story short, uh, every two weeks and she'd feel electricity and heat come in her head. And... I thought uh, I lost track of her, um, and then uh, I saw her at the food bank and yelled at her and embarrassed her, and she said, don't you know it's in bad manners to you? I said, yeah, I don't know, I know, but you're supposed to be dead. This was several yeah. years later. Uh-huh. And then she was telling me, and she said, you know, I always wondered. Uh, she said, I, I, instead of getting worse, I got better, and then the doctor wanted to see me. They did run a full CAT scan of my body, and they couldn't find any tumors, cancer, anything in my body anywhere. Amazing. And then she said, I always wondered if it had anything to do with you praying for me, <laughs> which indicated to me it had, it had absolutely nothing to do with her faith. It was the faith of the people that were praying, myself and a couple of women from my church that was praying for. Um, it was kind of a sovereign thing because we've also, you know, this is this thing that's hard to understand. Um, We've also lost the cancer. Some of the most dedicated, consecrated, faithful people yeah. and full of faith in my church. So there are a lot of questions I have. There's a lot of things I don't understand, but I refuse to be offended or quit praying because I know that I will not see people get healed if I don't pray. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love that you talk about the grace of God there because that was one thing that really stuck out to me that she wasn't living an immaculate Christian life. She was... You know, she was she was living with somebody and, you know, out of wedlock and she was, you know, she she didn't have the faith to believe. But uh, I just I love the fact that it's because so many people, you know, religious religion says, hey, you know, you're sick. You should you should do this and that. And, you know, if you if you get your life right and if you clean yourself up, if you tidy yourself up, then maybe God will hear you or maybe God will heal you and all of that. And I just love the grace of Jesus and how you know, through the faith of those who prayed for her, she was healed and how that is a testimony unto her. And she'll never forget that. No, it's be something she'll always know. Those, those people prayed for me and I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it, but it was the grace of God. And those people prayed for me and, and I was, and I was healed. And so I just, I love that how it's the goodness of God that draws us to repentance, many of us. And also a big part of your ministry, you, you, you teach about the gifts of the spirit and how I know a lot of the times words of knowledge are accompanied with healing. And I want to ask you about that, but I just, just real quickly, cause I heard you guys teaching about it and I was growing it and hungry for it. And I was in the Philippines and we were going into this people group, um, in the, in the village just, um, to preach and, and, uh, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I heal lepers. 
and I've never met a leper in my life. And I thought to myself, yeah, I believe that it's in the Bible. You know, I didn't really think much of it. And, and so then I went to this meeting and my friend was preaching and he was preaching on the blood of Jesus and healing and sharing stories of healing. And the atmosphere was electric. There's probably about a hundred people there, but all indigenous people, poor people, and they all stormed the front for healing. And we were praying for them. They were saying there was heaviness and darkness on them. And so we were praying for them and they were experiencing God. A young boy, he had a, he had a, um, his, his wrist was sprained and he had no mobility in his, in his, in his arm and his wrist and God healed him. And then I got a tap on my back and it was from our translator. And she said, this woman has leprosy. And right there on the moment, I, I thought to myself, Lord, it came back to me. You spoke to me and said that you heal lepers and faith in that moment, because of the word faith in that moment ignited in me, I grabbed her hand and I didn't say much. I just said, be healed in Jesus name. And I remember literally feeling like virtue, leave my hand, just power, just, just really quick, leave my hand. And she started rejoicing and dancing in her own language. She was saying, I'm healed. I'm cleansed. And God did that miracle. And for me, like if I didn't have that word of knowledge, I might've fainted. I don't know if my faith would have been where it was when I was praying for her. I know you guys focus so much on prophecy and, and words of knowledge and healing. I'd love to hear a little bit about that too. Yeah, Mike, I believe that words of knowledge is a gift of revelation, and gifts of revelation create the gift of faith that then releases the gift of power. And so there is a, a chain relationship, cause effect, and it's so important. It, it, you know this is the will of God in this moment. Yeah. Most of the healings we see happen are related to words of knowledge in, in, the, in the meetings. Oh. And I have much more faith in. So what was the other, uh, I know we're short on time, what was the other uh, healing you wanted to talk about? Oh, I love the story when I was reading about the young boy in Ukraine that God used. Um, You were about to pray for a woman who had cancer, and then you used this little boy who was only saved for a short period of time. Tell tell us a little bit about that. Hello? Actually, Michael, I'm trying to remember that story. I remember (coughs) sometimes I'd be on my ass. So that the people know it's God. And I like one time I was in Houston, I feel like uh, asked everybody 12 and under that's a kid that would, would wants to pray for the sick to come up. Yeah. And I would just coach them and was watching God heal through the children. And I probably did something like that again, picked out a, a young boy to help me pray. Yeah. But I don't actually, there's, there's so many stories and so many of the books I've written. I actually, I'm blank right now on that. I'm sorry. No, but, but I do remember praying in, in Odessa in Ukraine for. The little boy who didn't have, um, well, I, his mother didn't think I got excited enough when he got healed. I said, well, I've seen uh, quite a few deaf people get healed. And she said, yes, but have you seen somebody that didn't have an auditory nerve get healed? And, I, and then I got really excited because, you know, then I knew that we were talking about creative miracle, which oh, I've yeah. been asking God to press it in for that. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think one thing I wanted to highlight that, um, highlight about that is that I just love so many people think you know, that just because it's a child or just because um, they've only been saved for 24 hours, they haven't worked it up, they haven't prayed enough, they haven't been had, had, had hands laid on them, you know, that God wouldn't flow through them. God would only flow through the holy man or the minister. And that was something that when I got introduced to Heidi Baker's ministry, um, when I got introduced to Heidi's ministry, how she would use these young kids, some of them, who knows if they were even saved or not. She would just, by faith, bring these young orphans and children with her to, to lay hands on the sick. And I just, I felt like that is just so special. And that breaks a lot of religious boxes, I feel like. And so 
But what would you say to somebody who thinks like, eh, well, it's it's not a minister, it's not a man of God. They're only saved for twenty four hours. They didn't they didn't pray. They're, they're you know they're not anointed. I would just because my my daughter when she was a baby, we would have her just grab her hands and and put her hands on people that that um that couldn't have a baby, <laughs> you know, women that couldn't have a baby would come to us and we'd put our little baby's hand on, on their stomach and we'd pray for them. And we've seen people get pregnant, but it's just activating that faith. What would you say to somebody who's like, my mind is blown by that, who has a hard time believing it? Well, one of the, one of the issues we have is we don't realize how much of healing is just, it's just all actually all by the grace of God and, and initiates in the sovereignty of God in the sense of him showing us what he wants to do been waiting to see if we'll respond in faith to what he's saying. And it just needs to be focused on grace, rooted on grace. Wimber called it the rug of peace. Don't stand off of it when you're ministering. I call the rug of peace the rug of grace. So <laughs> that's yeah. just my my perspective is so you know I went to a church one time recently that it was um the opposite night we'd seen before. We'd seen fifty two percent of the people get healed the night before. Uh this place, it was night before, it's electric, like, like 2,500 people in the building, 500 on the outside trying to get in. And uh, on the inside, we had 1,288 of the 2,500 that received healing. And then the night, next night, it was the opposite. It was like there was absolutely no faith in the room. Wow. It was mm-hmm. depressing. And I remember starting out saying, my faith is not in your ability to have faith, but in God's ability to do something that's meaning to create faith. And we ended up, God just started giving these awesome words of knowledge and pointing out what was wrong with people and sovereignly healing people. And God then created an atmosphere of faith where it started out <laughs> in an atmosphere of doubt, ended up in an atmosphere of faith with uh, um, 72% of the people receiving healing. Wow. So I just want to stay rooted in grace. Absolutely. It's not faith in faith, but faith in him who has all power in his hands. That's that that's amazing. I love that. Have you always had this passion to see the miraculous? Did, did this happen in in Toronto more than ever? Was it John Wimber's ministry? When when did this happen in your life where you've been so focused on this and really pressing in for this? Well, I've been pressing in for healing since 84. But what happened in Toronto encouraged me. But what I learned when I went to Argentina and Omar Cabrera was, and what I experienced there was a real encouragement. Um, and then just as I, over the years, so I, this November will be in ministry 50 years. Um, I just kept learning and growing and God kept, you know, mm-hmm. saying, get out of the boat, so to speak. <laughs> um, you know, in uh, one of my books, one of my favorite books is uh, The Healing Breakthrough. And in it, I talk about beliefs that hinders faith, beliefs and practices in the first half of the book. And um, the second half of the book, I talk about beliefs and practices that actually create faith and helps to create an atmosphere of faith. I, if I could have had that book when I was, you know, 32, sure. uh, I think. I could have grown so much faster. So I've taken what I've learned uh, for the last um, 36 years and tried to put all that in. I, I analyzed what do I do in a meeting to help me see more happen and tried to explain it. So not only the, not just the how, but the why. Yeah. 
not you know so so that people understand why things are being done absolutely so it's not mechanical it's quite relational mhm mhm and just to just encourage the people who are listening right now to wrap up the interview what would you say to people who are discouraged they've prayed for the sick and they just haven't seen the breakthrough and maybe they're just disheartened maybe they're you know their faith is weak and they, and they want to see it they believe it's true they believe it's real you know, and they and they were hungry at one point, but they're just like maybe it's only for the Randy Clarks, and maybe it's only for the Bill Johnsons and the people you know that that are seeing it. What would you say to these people? And I'd love for you to to pray for for those who are listening, because I just feel like there's people listening to this right now that that really need motivation and to see some doubt broken off and discouragement broken off their lives in this area. Well, I think one thing is to feed yourself on faith by reading. And watching testimonies, reading about testimonies, studying, getting a good theology for healing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me, the good theology for the gifts of the Spirit. So, um, reading uh, things that will help take away the barriers. I think the Healing Breakthrough would be a great book to read. My book uh, Power to Heal is a great book to read. Mm-hmm. I know when I read uh, uh, my my cardiologist told me he thinks it's a modern day classic on on. Uh, healing for lay people. He uses the teaching bonkies meetings yeah. uh, when he teaches on healing. Um, so those would be two. And then just listen, watching videos uh, on TV, um, like on YouTube of just people's testimonies of being healed. Feed, feed your doubt with faith, you know, feed it with stories. And then also just dealing with a better understanding of the scriptures where you're not, uh, being influenced by the, the uh, cessationist teaching that this this ended, it's not for today. These things don't happen. Um, looking at scriptures um, uh, on that, I had a, I got a, a really good book on that uh, as well, where I actually try to deal with uh, the um, misunderstanding of those who somebody wrote a book called Strange Fire. And I answer my table of contents as his table of contents. I just give the opposite answers to all this opposition <laughs> yeah, to uh-huh. today. And so sometimes it actually is biblical or theological arguments that can, um, steals our faith and just understanding it. My professor in seminary for my doctorate degree, his, his PhD was written on the cessation of the charismata post, uh, Protestant polemic on post-biblical miracles. Mm-hmm. It's the best out there. No one's ever refuted it. And so, I mean, it's just dealing with the scriptures and dealing with the arguments of B.B. Warfield, who was a cessationist. So I think it's feed yourself on faith. Go meet people who go to places where it's happened. Receive prayer. uh, Cry out to God. Don't give up. Bill and I went through years. I went through from the time I was 18 until I was 32. Believed in healing, prayed for healing, almost never saw it. And then there was the breakthrough. And so you don't give up. You keep pressing in, and you pr- and, and you try to learn, and you try to find where are people I can learn from, and try to uh, and learn from them. Like I I bought almost everything Wimber had in, in in print and in audio, and studied it and listened to it for hours and hours and hours, and then went to many of his meetings as, as many as I could. And so there was a thing of. Or seeing prophecy, God's going to use me, but also then being a good steward of that prophecy of of believing it and leaning into it. So and being faithful. So let me pray now for I have to go. Mm-hmm. So Father, we pray for those that's listening that you would encourage them that they can be used of you. They may not have the gift of healing, but they can be used for healing. 
just like we may not have the gift of evangelism, but we can be used to tell people about Jesus and see people saved. So I pray, Father, that you would encourage those who you just want to use, because you want to use the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Lord, you've told us that you want us to pray for the sick. You said, you didn't, actually, you didn't say pray for the sick. You said heal the sick. So, God, I pray yes. that you would encourage the church and the people who are listening to believe that you do want to heal and that we can see more healing. And when we believe we're going to see more healing, we start seeing more healing. So I pray that you give them um, divine appointments, make their paths cross with people, they have these divine appointments to take them, help them to take the next step into the more. I pray for activation, the gift of faith and gift of word of knowledge, gifts of healing. I pray people that right now might be listening, uh, Lord, I pray that as they hear this broadcast, there literally be signs happen to them. Like they might feel your power touching them. Yes. Your, they might begin to cry because they feel your love or your, their hands feel like they're getting um, uh, electrified. So I pray that you give certain signs to certain ones. And others, God, you just give them a greater gift of faith to believe in the name of Jesus. And I pray not only for those who are wanting to pray for sick, but those who need to be healed. Father, I speak to just sickness and disease, and I break every uh, power of disease and sickness and come against any spirits of affliction and uh, generational curses. Uh, and I, I pray in Jesus' name for your power to flow into them in the name of Jesus. And it'd be people healed listening to this, to this uh, uh, podcast in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, I, I know, thank you. Thank you so much, Randy. And I know you guys, Global Awakening, you have ministry schools, conferences, you guys travel overseas and you bring people on your trips. Just really quick, how, how could they get a hold of, um, you know, your, your website? What, what's your website? How could they find out more about your ministry? It's globalawakening.com. Globalawakening.com. And I highly recommend they grab hold of his resources, his books, to be a part of their ministry schools, their, their training and equipping all over the world. Again, thank you, Randy. It was such a blessing to have you with me today. You're welcome, Michael. Thank you. Thank you so much. For those who are listening right now, thank you so much for tuning in to Awaken Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. It'll help us get the show out to more people to be challenged, inspired, and blessed by the gospel of Jesus. I look forward to speaking with you next time on Awaken Podcast.